Yo, Knicks fans, what's good? It's your boy, Josso Focus. I'm French, the bro host, and we would like to welcome you to the Knicks Take Podcast. This is episode 65. And this is a weekly podcast where we cover the biggest Knicks news of the week. Make sure you follow us on our socials. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, slash X, by searching for the Knicks Take. Also, make sure you check out KnicksTake.com. That's our website, y'all. And if you love what you hear, want to support the platform that you're watching and listening to us on, hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you, on YouTube, hit the notification bell and send this to any Knicks fans that you know who might just enjoy the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So as we do every week on the Next Take podcast, we give you the week's scores. We give you some recaps and we give you the upcoming games. This is going to be a... Well, we're going to guess that this is going to be a short episode. You never really know when you start these things. Yeah. But we only have three games to cover with me covering the Phoenix Suns game. Uh, from last week so this week we'll be covering the Knicks playing the Charlotte Hornets the Knicks playing against the Detroit Pistons and Friday's game which was last night's game for us Knicks at Toronto Raptors which was the second half of back to back and then we're going to cover what we've all been waiting for the actual portion of the in-season tournament Mm -hmm. that actually matters all of the games have been played to determine the four teams that will be part of the of, of part of the uh, in-season tournament. Well, it's eight teams, really. Quarterfinals. Knicks ended up making it in there. And we'll tell you exactly who they're going to match up against. We're not going to try and spoil it for you. Uh, and then we're going to talk about what are the potential things that are going to happen as a result of the first game of the in-season tournament. Um, let's start off with the Knicks facing the Charlotte Hornets Mm -hmm. the only in-season tournament game against the Charlotte Hornets but this would be the third regular season game in the last three weeks really yeah and this was the one that we needed to make the cut for the last in-season tournament spot so yeah yeah this was this was it's hard to say this is something that you never could say before in the NBA right this November, this 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 November game is really important. Must right? win. <laughs> the Knicks must must win, and they must win by a significant margin against this team, mm-hmm. which is really kind of the uh, draw for the in season tournament is to make some of these early season NBA games more interesting, now, especially when you consider like football's going on, you know, hockey's going on, and the fact that usually like even in mid November. A lot of these games, they're important for the long term, but as far as like immediate reaction and immediate like who's good, who's not, a lot of people are still not really taking these November games really seriously. So this is exactly what the NBA wanted. They wanted a portion of the season for fans to really get excited about as much as they get excited about, uh, I guess, the dunk contest or the playoffs. Not Uh, just fans, uh, players too. 
players. He's going to play with some more intensity for these games. Which is something that can't really be said about, said about the All-Star game. The NBA players don't really get up for that. They seem A lot of the NBA players seem to be getting up for this in-season tournament. For sure. And uh, this being... I, I think the, the, the fun part about it also is that you get to the last day of the in-season tournament, all of these games, or, or at least the majority of them, really matter for like every single every single game that was played that day had some sort of implications yeah a lot of the games were going on simultaneously uh the knicks were playing the charlotte hornets and then shortly after that game started miami played against the milwaukee bucks Mm -hmm. and those two games were you know were equally important in terms of what was going to happen Who's going to be, who's going to come out of uh, Group B, East Group B, which is the group that the Knicks are in or were in. Uh, who's going to come out of that as a top seed and, and represent that, that, that group in the in-season tournament? And um, Milwaukee Bucks were undefeated. If the Milwaukee Bucks lost, that would have meant a three-way tie between the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, and the New York Knicks. And whoever had the... Uh, point differential which is whoever has uh, won by the most points in all of their all of their games from the in-season tournament that was that would be the team who would represent their group so you're looking at that and you're like all right one the Knicks need to win by a good margin Mm -hmm. so that they get that point differential up but also they need to win just to be considered in the wild card or potentially represent the East Conference B. Two, you got to hope that Miami beats the Milwaukee Bucks so that you have that chance to be at home. Or that is just a close game. Because we still got home court. No, we don't. We We playing at home. That's false information, sir. We're sure? Yes, I am sure. Um, And stop stop (laughs) skipping ahead. My fault. (laughs) Um... This was important. It was important to see Miami win because then the Knicks would be able to get home court advantage over whoever they faced in the uh, first game of the in-season tournament. I was giving out false information, y'all. My bad. Yes, you were. It's all right. That's why I am jostle focused. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you you had to hope that there was a third game also. I forgot about this. The Boston Celtics were playing the Chicago Bulls. And coming into the game, and coming into the night, I'm like, I don't got to worry about the Boston Celtics, man. They have a zero-point differential, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, the Knicks got off in this Charlotte Hornets game to a really good start, had a double-digit lead early. And it was like, okay, the Knicks are doing what they got to do. All right, they don't really got much to worry about. Let's just see how much they can run the score up. And then the third quarter happened, and it's like, are they... Are they trying to lose this game? You were up double digits. And now all of a sudden, you see the Hornets and they only down by one. Are the Knicks about to give up the lead? Are they about to get knocked out of the in-season tournament by the Charlotte Hornets? A team that we've blown out by double digits twice already? Mm -hmm. Oh, and And a more important context, their best player, LaMelo Ball, got hurt. I believe I mentioned it in the last podcast that he tweaked his ankle. He did not play in this game. So they were shorthanded, although they got back Terry Rogier. But 
this is not the best version of this Hornets team. So you not you were never expecting this to ever be close. But the Knicks buckled down. Our boy Mitchell Robinson followed up. Uh, uh, I think it was a Quentin Grimes three-point shot for a put-back dunk that reverberated through the entire arena. Quickly. It was a quickly three. Yeah. Okay. It was like, oh, yes, let's make this three. Oh, okay. And then Mitch soars through the sky to grab the grab the rebound and put it right back through the hoop. And now it's like, ooh, all right, I'm not worried anymore. We we back in this. It, it didn't really, it didn't really, um, you know, it, it just was a momentum changer for me. Mm-hmm. It got me back into the game. It made me realize, nah, we're a better team. They about to buckle down. And they certainly did. Uh, quickly in Dante DiVincenzo, started putting up started raining threes on the hornets it seemed like all right now that we've got through three quarters of the game let's try and run the score right now against this bum ass team yeah, <laughs> and exactly put them away and it's just it, it was like it didn't matter it if you had like three feet of space they was putting it up and a lot of times knocking it down and before you know it I start point differential watching. I'm like, all right, let me pull my cal- calculator out. The Knicks have uh, 16 points or whatever, or they're plus 16 or plus 14. If they if they get if they win by 22 points or whatever, then it's not going to matter that Boston is currently blowing out the Chicago Bulls by 40 points mm-hmm. and could potentially threaten a wild card uh, the wild card spot for the Knicks if the Knicks don't blow this one open. Uh, if the Boston Celtics end up being in that wild card mix, it's going to come down to point differential. And whoever has the highest point differential between the Knicks and the Celtics is actually going to make it to the tournament. So it's not enough for the Knicks to win. They need to win by enough so that even the Boston Celtics can't catch up to them. They came into the night with a zero point differential and they was blowing them up. But I think they got as much as 40 points up on the Chicago Bulls that night. It was a lot. And I was scared <laughs> that even if the Knicks could win, they would not make it to the end season tournament. Even they won by 20. Luckily, is that that score on you know that score ended up not mattering in the wild card. Um, you know, figuring out who was going to be the wild card team. Boston ended up winning their group. The Knicks um, won by what 24 points, I believe. I said it was 115 to 91. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why you hate Julius Randle? I didn't even get to that part yet. All right, go ahead. I didn't say any stats for anybody. My fault. Go ahead. I mean, <laughs> he didn't have any. I don't remember any highlight plays from Julius Randle, but it was a very even, even killed game. Um, was it? it? It was. It was a very even killed game. He had some spots where it was just like, first of all, I think for this season, I think I'm going to. I'm gonna say that he's just woefully out of shape. Um, I, ain't gonna, I ain't going that far. Do you know why I'm gonna say that? I'm gonna say that because every time I look at him, like after he puts off puts out some some amount of effort, like he clearly like he clearly put in effort. Like this is the most effort he's put in the game. And I look at his face. And he's got this, <sighs> he's like, he looks like he's exhaling and he's, he, he put in a lot of work, which is not a phase that I've really seen him exert too much in a regular, regular season games, like regular season games that don't matter. Usually maybe in the playoffs, you'll see that because, or, or 
late in the season because he's already played a, a, a shit ton of games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he plays every night. He plays 35 plus minutes every night. So at a certain point, you do get that phase. But I'm seeing him in games where it's like, is there even a reason that you should be huffing and puffing and, and got your tongue out and all this stuff so hard? Like well, He had 20 rebounds, 25 points, led the team in plus minus. I feel like he was doing a lot out there. Do you feel like that was a hard-fought 25 and 20 for Julius Randle in this game against the Charlotte I don't think Hornets? you could get 25 and 20 easily. Did I say that? It was, I asked you, do you feel like he fought hard? Let me let me just say this. Mark Williams is down there. There's a lot of big bodies on Charlotte. Let me just say this. I feel like Julius Randle is one of the worst. Um, I don't want to phrase this. He's a 20 and 10 guy who, like, puts no effort. I shouldn't say that. He's a 20 and 10 guy who doesn't, like box out doesn't fight for the rebounds oh. it's just kind of sometimes it's like all right all right, all right it's a bunch of Knicks around me I'm gonna jump up and get this one it's a lot that's a lot of the ways that he gets his rebounds do I see him doing what Mitch does and finagle his way under the hoop and then back out so that he can get he's close the closest one to the rebound well, no that's, that's I don't how see he that. gets his rebounds because Mitch is doing all the dirty work Exactly, but you're making my point for me. He doesn't exert energy to get the rebounds the way that Mitch. If Mitch has a double double, which he's already done a couple times, a couple times, he's exerting energy doing that because he's always exerting energy. He's always moving defensively, getting rebounds, poking the ball out of somebody's hand. He's doing everything. So when you have a guy like that who's doing everything, and then you got a guy who's just kind of oh well. Thanks for clearing out everybody. I'm going to just grab this rebound. He also gets offensive rebounds, too, off his own misses. He'd be battling down there, pump fake, hitting big bodies, kicking it out for open shooters. Like, he does a lot. I ain't going to make it seem like he just waltzing into 20 rebounds. I'm not saying that he did. I'm just saying that if Mitchell Robinson wasn't on the court, would would he be getting as many rebounds as he gets while doing practically nothing for the most part to get them you know getting rebounds is hard the Knicks being one of the best rebounding teams in the league is because of somebody's hard work or multiple people's hard work Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein in particular and then you got Josh Hart and you got all these guys who put in that effort to get this rebound except Julius Randle so I wasn't trying to hate put hate on Julius Randle's name <laughs> but you know you, you you when you when you try to make it like oh he put the team on his back and he got all these rebounds he's got scored 25 he ripped away 20 rebounds from this other team and it's like he didn't put in most of the work for that bro like he got most of this just based on his natural strength and ability like which is fine which is good which is he's one of the most important players on this team for that for that reason but he could also be better and he went to the free throw line the second most on the entire team. Yeah, listen, my intention was not to hate on Julius Randle. You, you, you brought the hate out by saying that I was hating. <laughs> All right, well, if I'm hating now, I'm going to really hate. <laughs> right? Like, I was going to give him praise until you said that. And now it's like, oh, you know what? This 25 and 20, he could have did more than that. Like, really? Come on now. Oh, okay. There he you. led the team in plus minus 
went to the free throw line eight times. That's the most that anybody on the um, Hornets went to the free throw line. Like, you can't say that he was just waltzing into 25 and 10. He worked hard. He didn't waltz. He probably lightly jogged into 25 and 20. Uh, 20. Um, a brisk, a, uh, a, a lightly brisk, you know, half a mile um, run. You're going to make me get a Randall jersey. This is crazy. <laughs> This oh, you crazy. don't got one? Because I already have one, so I guess I, I'm, I'm qualified to, to to say all this stuff. No, but really, when Julius Randle plays his best, mm-hmm. um, you can see it. You can see the energy he's putting out. And we, we're going much longer on the Charlotte Hornets game than I was intending. But what you can see when he's trying hard on both ends of the court. Do you think he tried really hard on both ends of the court against this Charlotte Hornets team? I'm going I'm to answer for you. No, he did not. Two steals. All right. So anyway, <laughs> RJ Barrett also scored 16 points. Julia, uh, Jalen Brunson uh, decided to make this game. Um, you know, he had been going on a streak of 20 plus points a game. And... He decided this game he's going to focus more on distribution. And when it got close, when it's, once it got to uh, within one point, he said, all right, no, we're not doing that. I'm going to score a couple baskets. We're going to get this this ship moving right. And, um, yeah, uh, between him and Julius Randle um, and the efforts of Manuel Quickly, Dante DiVincenzo, Mitchell Robinson, and Isaiah Hartenstein holding it down down low, the Knicks – finished this game with a 115-91 victory, as I said earlier. And then it got to watching, all right, how are we going to, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for Miami and and Milwaukee Bucks to finish. And the bad part about this in-season tournament is now you have to root for teams that you don't like so that you can finish, (laughs) you can finish better than what, than, you know, the best way that you can possible. So I'm rooting for the Miami Heat to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. It doesn't matter. The Knicks have scored enough uh, points on the Charlotte Hornets that any amount that the Milwaukee Bucks lose by, the Knicks would end up being that top seed in the East Group B. And, of course, the bum-ass franchise known as the Miami Heat, um, you know, with all of their Heat culture uh, lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. They didn't have Jimmy Butler, though. Yeah, well, <sighs> I, I I wasn't expecting them to win. Once I saw that they oh, had no. the lead, and I wasn't expecting them to win either. But once you see it's a close game, yeah, it was and Bam Adebayo is going off, and you've taken the lead um, at several points in the fourth quarter, you know, you just kind of like are hoping that 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 they can pull one out. Um, we'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks later, but. The, that the Heat losing to the Bucks ended up giving the Milwaukee Bucks four uh, wins in the, um, you know, in our in the bracket, uh, or I shouldn't say the bracket, and four wins in the in the group play for the in season tournament, which made them the leaders in East Group B, um, and relegated the Knicks to the wild card status for the Eastern Conference. Um, other teams that will be in there will be the Indiana Pacers, who were also undefeated in group play. They will be facing off against the Boston Celtics, and we'll talk more about those teams moving on. Any uh, important notes that you got from this game, or you want to just move on? Um, 
I remember fearing Brandon Miller returning um, to play against the Knicks just based off how he played against us last week. I mean, the last game that we had. Yeah, he played very well. Based off them. He, he did play very well. And they then still got blown out, though. Second half, he got put on clamps. So mm-hmm. that was the only thing I wanted to touch on before we headed on to the next game. But you ready to go to the next game, right? I'm ready. Next game, Detroit comes in to face the Knicks at MSG. They come in with the worst record in the NBA at 2-17. and 17 alongside a 15-game losing streak. At first, I didn't think this was going to be just an easy win. Um, uh, okay, go ahead. Because the, the Pistons have a lot of high draft pick talented guys. Jalen Duran, um, Cade Cunningham was the number one overall pick. Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey. We desperately wanted him on the Knicks a few years ago. Now he's on the... On the Pistons, they have a head coach who's solid in Monty Williams, who was the coach of the Phoenix Suns when they went to the finals just a few years ago. Killian Hayes. I wasn't going to bring up Killian <laughs> Hayes, but... You know, you're about the, to, though. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's on the team as well. But, Kevin Knox, also a top 10 draft pick. <laughs> Former Nick, once, once a Nick, always a Nick. There's Kevin a, Knox. There's a few names you can name before these guys. Like, they had... I thought we were listing... Bagley, who was the number two overall pick. He's all right. Yeah, I thought we were listing all of the highly touted draft picks that were picked in the top 10 that the Detroit Pistons have. I, yeah. I thought that's what we were doing. And I was going to say James Wiseman, but he didn't play this game. But there's a lot of talented players on this, on this Detroit team. So I thought, like, this wasn't going to be like a Charlotte Hornets game where... They just have LaMelo and a bunch of, like, key pieces outside of Brandon Miller, but... I don't know why. You come at... The only thing that... So, there are certain teams that you look at them and you like, okay, they're not as bad as their record. They're not that bad. They have talent. They got unlucky, whatever, whatever. All these players that you mentioned, they've been playing for the majority of the season. Um, a lot of them can't shoot. And they were winless last week when I recorded an episode of the Knicks Take podcast. And when they came into this game, they were still winless after playing against one of the other worst ba- worst teams in the NBA, the Washington Wizards. And um, I think the game that they had before this game against the Knicks, they played the Lakers. Why did you? Th- why were you? more scared I mean it ended up being a sore Thompson's on this team <sighs> top five pick in this Ooh, last year's draft sore Thompson but he's <laughs> nice though he cause if you I remember looking at the stats for Mitchell Robinson's rebounding offensive rebounding percentage mm-hmm. a sore Thompson was the second player behind him mm-hmm. and he's a rookie mm-hmm. I'm thinking like okay we got we got a, we, we got some talented players on this team. Sir Thompson's a rebounder. I didn't realize they had him coming off the bench. I didn't realize Jaden Ivey was going to be coming off the bench, only playing 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have the talent on this team to be a much better team. They just don't utilize their talent the right way. And you would think with a coach like Monty Williams, he would know who to play and who not to be starting 34 minutes a game. Like, but neither here nor there. This game did end up being closer than we both expected. Correct. Um, Cade Cunningham looked determined to end this 15-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. The the Pistons did get off to an 0-5 start, but they did keep the game relatively close throughout the entire game. And to start the first half, it seemed like the only Knicks player that was comfortable was Jalen Brunson. Um, 
it was hard for them to slow him down. He was getting whatever looks he wanted. Uh, Grimes was struggling to slow Cade down. Grimes was struggling to get his shots off. He was 0 for 5 for the night, only played 16 minutes. Um, but DiVincenzo came in, provided that spark plug off the bench that we needed because he he went 4 for 8 from 3, finished the game with 12 points. And all of those threes, I felt like came at pivotal moments, came during pivotal moments in this game. Um, Jalen Brunson had 42 points on his team. Julius Randle had 29 and 10, and the Knicks ended up winning this game 118 to 112. But the whole game you're watching, it's like, yo, are we about to lose to the Pistons? Because mm-hmm. it was it was close throughout. Like, Cade Cunningham was getting every open look he wanted. He was getting to the free throw line. He yeah. finished with 31 points. Killian Hayes had 23 points. I'm just like, when the nope. hell did Killian Hayes turn into prime... <laughs> Whoever is a mid-range scorer, like, efficiently. He was low-key balling. Yeah, he was looking like DeRozan out there. I'm like, bro, are we really about to lose to Killian Hayes? Yeah, if, if you figure if the Knicks were going to have a close game with the Pistons, you would think, okay, uh, Alec Burks is going to go off. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking about Alec Burks. Come on now. You know, Alec Bur- Burks is always good for a heater. Um, you know he could kill you. Like, sometimes he looks great. Right. Not that you should come into a game and be like, ooh, scared of Alec Burks. But, um, yeah, you always got to be concerned. He's done it for us. He's he's won us several games, you know, back when he was a Nick. So yeah, Years ago. Yeah, so, you know, he comes off the bench. He starts shooting well. He starts passing the ball well. He, you know, he can... And when he puts his mind to it, he can, he can hold, his own, or hold his own on the defensive end. Um, you know, you would think something like that, not these guys who... Uh, generally are inconsistent all of a sudden are consistent for full games and putting up respectable numbers yeah, like um, they had a dude off the bench Marcus Sasser who went 5 for 7 from 3 oh that's because you didn't know who Marcus Sasser was and Marcus Sasser has been a, a, a decent player um, for the entire season for the Pistons and a lot of people are wondering why he hasn't like why he's not getting more of a role um yeah, I'm not a I haven't been watching the Pistons I ain't gonna lie no I haven't either you know just keeping my ear Ear to, the, ear to the streets. Um, <laughs> um, I, I just want to say, you know, I feel like it ne- needed to be mentioned. The Pistons turned over the ball five times in the first five minutes of this game. And the Knicks were up, right? The Knicks were up probably more, I think they were up by double digits in the first quarter. And I felt like they underplayed. Like, they, they played way worse than they could have played. Uh, I'm sorry. They played way worse than their potential. Um... I felt like the Knicks could have dropped 50 in the first quarter. Like, I feel like if the Indiana Pacers were playing against this same Pistons team, we would have been talking about a 30-point lead in the first quarter. And the Knicks didn't take advantage. They played pretty bad themselves. And even with playing bad, they still went up by double digits. So the fact that the Pistons ended up making a game out of this after that first quarter... I'm not, I wasn't surprised when I saw it happen because I saw that the Knicks were not playing well. I saw that the Knicks were giving up shots that they normally wouldn't. I saw that they were being sloppy. And if the Pistons were able to uh, get out of their own way, this was going to be a closer game than we expected. And that's exactly what happened. Um, the Knicks didn't play this game very well, but thankfully they're good enough that against these bad teams, these, these incredibly bad teams, they don't need to play 
their basketball in order to win by double digits or to win by, um, you know, a, a comfortable margin when it comes to the end. Like, at the end, the Pistons were made it close enough to where you couldn't put your starters away, but by the end of the game, you weren't worried that the Knicks were going to lose. You were just frustrated that it was so close. Yeah, the more that I watch this team, I'm starting to realize, like, in the first half... They have a habit of just, like, going through the motions sometimes whenever they play in these bad teams. And then in the second half is when they try to turn it on mm -hmm. and then run the game away. Or the fourth quarter. Or the fourth quarter. And I'm not even really mad at that because I prefer that than them coming out guns blazing and then the team goes on a run and now we fighting to keep them off our heels and then win the game like that. So... I feel like anytime I see a slow start from the Knicks, I'm just expecting them to just go on a nice run in the third quarter, put the game away in the fourth. And then that just didn't happen with this game. It was going down to the wires. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So that's where I was a little bit nervous. But yeah, like, like Jalen Brunson just put the team on his back. Nine for 10 from the free throw line. He hit seven threes this game. Um, and I feel like the biggest takeaway from this game was that he has been looking like a top three point guard in the East so far this entire season. Yep. It's looking like that's um, his all-star spot is getting solidified. Mm -hmm. The more we see him on a night-to-night -night basis. And if he keeps this up, I see no reason why he shouldn't be on an all-NBA team. But, yeah, that's the only takeaway I got from this game. What about you? Um, Just like I said earlier, it's annoying. This is the first half of a back-to-back. -back. Um, and this is mm -hmm. a team that you're expecting to put away. Once again, they had not won a single game in the month of November. They were on 15-game losing streak. A double-digit losing streak, that's not a team that you want to lose to. Not if you consider yourself one of the top teams in the East. And statistically... The Knicks have a case of being a top three, four team in the East right now. Even, even top three, four uh, team in the East. You could say that they're not three or four. That's fine. Um, but they have a case. They have a case for that based on how they play defense, based on how they play offense, based on how they grab rebounds. Um, you, you, you don't. You know you have a back-to-back. -back. You want to put this game away early. You want to have your end-of-the-bench players play a significant uh, portion of the fourth quarter, mm -hmm. and you don't want to you don't want to risk a loss in the next game. So annoyed is what I is is what I would say about this game. I was very annoyed because they didn't do that. But you have to give the Pistons some credit um, for figuring out their woes in the middle of the game and to actually making this a game even when the Knicks were not playing particularly great. So, you know, it is what it is. First half of the back-to-back. -back. I'm going to move on to the second half of the back-to-back -back, unless you have anything you want to say specifically, French. Now we can go on the, to Toronto. The second half of the back-to-back, -back, Knicks left New York and went to Toronto and played the Toronto Raptors in the Scotiabank Arena. On yesterday, last night, Friday, December first, and um, Raptors came out came out playing hard. Got off to an early early lead. Uh, the Raptors at home, I believe, they play pretty well. Um, figured that the Knicks might come out a little slow, a little sluggish, considering they played the entire game the night before. 
Jalen Brunson in particular didn't look like he was um didn't look like he was he had had the energy to start the game. RJ Barrett scored the first seven Nick points and looked like looked like okay, that that RJ that we got coming into the season to start the season, maybe he might be back. Um and then it got a little shaky and then he got pulled to where I was like, why are we still why are we still pulling RJ Barrett for Josh Hart? Like, I don't understand that. Josh Hart with the starters is one of our worst lineups. You know, it's one of our most used lineups and it's a bad lineup. So why do we still do this, especially when RJ is cooking the way that he's cooking? Mm -hmm. Like, let him let him gain that rhythm that he's been trying to find since he had those migraines. And sure enough, for the rest of the game, RJ didn't really look like that again. And um, what did Josh Hart do? And Josh Hart balled out, right? <laughs> Josh Hart balled out. I'm not sure he balled out immediately when he came into the game, but I'm not sure if it was the second or third quarter. But he went on one like he went on a hot streak. Oh yeah, where he went 15 yeah. straight points by himself. Yeah, like I, I when he came in and it was just like, all right, like this is what RJ had it going. Now he's gone. Josh Hart is not really. You know, replacing it, but the team, the uh, the rest of the team started playing very well. They started, they took the lead back while RJ was out. Um, they got up, out to a, a great, um, I think they got out to a double digit lead in the first half when um, Josh Hart first came out, and the team started playing better. They stopped playing so sluggish. They got their rhythm in, and you know, even with the slow Jalen Brunson start. Um, the Knicks started showing like, oh yeah, even though we played all of last night, we can get into this rhythm and we can beat this team. Uh, Raptors fought back to take the lead and the game was tied at halftime at 57. And I don't know what Tom Thibodeau said at halftime, but the Knicks came out and said, yeah, we're gonna put this one away. <laughs> They, they started shooting on fire, got out to a 10-point lead, yeah. and started hitting threes. Josh Hart was hitting threes. Yeah, it was the third uh, quarter when Josh Hart went da on that run. Dante DiVincenzo started hitting threes. Um, yeah, that was in the fourth. He was going crazy. And after, like, the whole second half, it was just like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess it didn't matter if this was the second half of a back-to-back. -back. Like, the Raptors aren't a bad team. They'll probably be in. They'll probably be in the play-in race. Not sure if they're gonna make it to the playoffs, but they're they're hovering around 500 right now. And they've had some good games. They've had they've played against some 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 good teams and and taking it down to the end. Of, you know, take it to the end. I don't know if they've won those games or not, but you know they're not a bad team. Um, Scotty Barnes is looking. Scotty Barnes in this game especially was looking like, oh, he's going to be an all-star. Um, he was knocking down shots. Didn't matter who was on him. He's grabbing rebounds. I think he's their point. Is he their point guard or like, or, or is it really Dennis Schroeder? Because they kept saying like he's a point guard, but he's probably just a lead ball handler. But Schroeder's their point guard. But he's doing everything for the Raptors though, and he's looking good doing it. And he didn't miss until, like, the second half either. He was amazing. He was, like, and, nine for nine before he missed. And it didn't matter because the Knicks are just that much better um, on both ends of the court. And I feel like Toronto uh, had a lot of good size. Like, they yeah, have a lot they of always do. key defenders. OG mm -hmm. Ananobi was making 
Well, RJ got up to a good start and then he fell off a yep. cliff after a while because I felt like the pressure from OG Ananobi on defense was bothering him. Uh, Pascal Siakam was down there. Boucher, um, he was playing with a lot of energy, getting a lot of. They were getting a lot of rebounds this game, a lot of offensive rebounds. And yep. then it seemed like teams are like really paying attention to the scouting report when it comes to the Knicks because the Knicks are the leading rebounding team in the NBA. So and, now, yeah, they got out rebounded in this game, forty-eight to forty-three. Right. Um, um, they got six blocks to the Knicks three, seven steals to the Knicks six. Mitch only had five rebounds this game. Yeah, it was. It, it was it was definitely a win that didn't show off the the strengths and, and the usual ways that the Knicks win, but they have Jalen Brunson, who went 6 for 12, 50% from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, um, and, oh no, I'm sorry, this is yeah. the first half stats, yeah. excuse me. I'm about to say, he went 6 Ooh. for 18. He went... Oh no, that's RJ, he went 9 for 21. He went 9 for 21, 3 for 8 from 3, and yeah. finished with 22 points. I knew he had 22 points, that's what... 8 assists on this game. Yep. Uh, Julius Randle also had nine assists, ten rebounds, twenty points. Yeah. You know, standard good Julius Randle game. Although he came into this game with a little bit of knee soreness, wasn't sure if he was going to play this game. Mm-hmm. And this was a game that we actually absolutely needed him to play. Yeah, I think we take Randle for granted because if this is a standard game where it's a near triple double and he's, I felt like he was leading the charge in the fourth quarter alongside Jalen Brunson, getting all these open looks for Dante DiVincenzo, getting all these key rebounds. Um, he's just been real solid for us since that slow start. I think, like, uh, let me not get the line, but he's been he's been really solid for a good stretch of time right now, ever since, like, that Phoenix game, I believe. So I'm giving credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. We don't win this game without Julius Randle's contribution. We don't win this game without Jalen Brunson. And I feel like those are the two head guys that teams are going to have to pay attention to. And that's the reason why Dante DiVincenzo kept getting all these open looks was because they kept throwing double teams toward Randle, mm. throwing double teams toward Julius, I mean, toward Jalen Brunson. Mm. And <sighs> Randle, like, this was just a really good Randle game to me. Mm-hmm. He had a nice pass to Mitch in the paint after DiVincenzo hit like three straight threes and you thinking at the whole team is thinking that DiVincenzo is going to be the one getting this ball off the double team and then Mitch is just wide open in the paint for a slam dunk yep. that put this game away so this was a really encouraging sign I feel like when we have two dangerous pieces like this who are playing this steadily who are sharing the ball like this getting their teammates involved Quentin Grimes didn't really come alive he had four points this game but I feel like he is starting to find that rhythm again He's starting to get some wide open layups. He's playing a lot more aggressively. He had, he had, a, he had another pass to Mitch that was really good. Um, and it seems like he's getting his groove back. I feel like ever since he hurt, hurt, he hurt his hand, he's kind of been slow. He hasn't scored in like three, four games. And this was just a great all around game, a great team win. Josh Hart came alive, 17 points. He Ever since he said he wasn't feeling incorporated in the offense, he had two straight games with at least 15 points. He's hitting his threes now. He went three for four from three this game. He had eight rebounds. DiVincenzo finished with 21 points, seven for nine from three. Quickly was solid, even though he only had 10 points. I just feel like no team is really looking forward to playing the Knicks. This year, we lost Obi. We lost some size, but we made up for it in a big way with three-point shooting. And that's going to be... 
tough to go up against on a nightly basis when you're going against guys who are hard-nosed defenders, rebounders who lead the NBA in rebounding, and they can shoot the lights out to three, and they have two superstar players who can just go off at any moment. Mm -hmm. Even when you double-team them, they know the right plays to make. They have a, a coach in tips who's been here before, who's been to the Eastern Conference Finals multiple times, and I, I I just feel like this game was really encouraging. Even though the, the Toronto Raptors are, what, the 10th seed right now? They're 9-11. and 11. Um, I want, I'm going to jump in and say that it was encouraging, because, especially because of how they played against the Detroit Pistons. Um, and it's on the back end of a back-to-back. -back. I keep forgetting that. Back end of a back-to-back -back away, not at home. Right. Um, and I can't remember the last time they won in Toronto. I feel like they they won in Toronto last year, but Toronto Toronto games are all, always a tough game for the New York Knicks just because of how they're built. A lot of tall, uh, you know, guys with long arms, mm -hmm. and those usually are the teams that pose most problems for our best players, um, specifically R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I want to um, touch on a point about Quentin Grimes. Um, I also thought that this was kind of like. Welcome back, Quentin Grimes. Not because he played well. Um, he did score against the Charlotte Hornets, so it hadn't been three games, but he didn't score at all against the Pistons, which is kind of like, how do you not score against the Pistons? But um, first half, he looked like a lost puppy. Like, he was running around the court, not really doing anything, missing shots, uh, looked scared. Um, and then RJ threw him a lead pass on a fast break for an easy layup, and it was just kind of like, you, you kind of saw him be like, okay, I scored. Let me calm down now. Let me do some of my Quentin Grimes things. And he looked a little bit more confident. He drew a foul for only his second and third free throws of the entire season, which is kind of like, that. that's kind of the, it lets you know just how little he's doing on offense. Like he's just going to the corner and shooting. And Quentin Grimes from last year, yes, that was his primary role, but he would also pass. He would also drive. He would cut to the rim and pass. He would do all of these little things. And he's not doing, he wasn't doing that at all. Um, it seemed like he started to do that a little bit in the second half. Um, and yeah, once again, I'm, I was just happy to see the Knicks play that play so well on the second half of a back-to-back -back against a, a better team than the first team who, you know, you expended too much energy on the first team and you still were able to put, put this game away. Um, I don't think I said what the final score was. Knicks beat the Toronto Raptors 119-106. Double-digit victory. And, um, yeah. Let's let's move on to... Or let me at least ask you a question. Because I posed this question last, last week. How do you feel about the Quentin Grimes call to come off of the bench in favor of Dante DiVincenzo? You feel like a lot of fans just need to just relax and stop looking for things to talk about? Or? Yeah, people bored. Like, shut up. DiVincenzo's not going to be guarding the best player on the other team on a night-to-night -night basis. Like, even though Quentin Grimes... He's been getting cooked on that role a couple times. I ain't going that far. He's been playing some really, really good defense still. Steadily yeah. throughout this whole stretch where he's been going scoreless in games. Like, mm -hmm. he's still been steady... Guys are going to score. These are NBA players. Like, it's, it's it's only but so much you can do. But he's the best perimeter defender on this team on the ball. On the ball, yep. And I don't even think it's close. 
So even if he's not scoring 10 points a game, 15 points a game, hitting his threes, like, let, give him some time. He's still, he was the best shooter on the team last year. And he's just getting off to a slow start. We ain't even played 20 games yet. A quarter of the season yet. Like, right. let's relax. We're winning games. We're at 12 and 7 at, at, the, at this record, at the time of this recording. If we lose in games and he's getting killed and he's not producing, um, offensively, then you may have a point. But he's still capable of breaking out of this slump. He's still capable of maybe not being the best shooter on his team, but among the best shooters on his team. And with the, with the lineup with him in it, I just feel like we're a much better defensive lineup. Like the bench is the bench because the team normally has five point difference in the lead by the time the bench comes into it. and then once the bench comes in they have all their shooters Emmanuel quickly Dante DiVincenzo and then they can run up the score mm-hmm. but it ain't just about scoring because teams starters can score as well mm-hmm. and if we holding the team to within five points we have a better chance to win I feel like because we have an, a, 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 one of the most offensive powerhouses in, uh, uh, um, coming off the bench I don't even know if that makes sense but you know what I'm trying to say I do like we have one of the the, the best the, offensive the, benches in the NBA, so and they're not bad defensively, and they're not bad defensively, and they still can rebound. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Hartenstein, there's not much of a drop off between Mitch and Hartenstein. Josh Hart's coming off the bench, and he's being a lot. Well, recently he's he's been a lot. Uh, I'm saying a lot. You're he's a lot, been a lot. He, yeah, yeah yeah he's he's been a lot better offensively as of late. So All right, let me let me just say just keep it the way it is. Let me if shoot, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let me let me shoot the um overreactor some bail. Don't give him no bail. Dante DiVincenzo in his starts with his uh minutes with the starting unit seemed to make that that offense hum a lot better than Quentin Grimes does. Quentin Grimes couldn't play more than 16 minutes against the Detroit Pistons because of how bad he was playing and he was getting I think I do believe he was getting cooked against the Pistons um and now let me say make your point also I was very mad that Josh Hart was pulled out for defensive purposes against the Phoenix Suns when I felt like Quentin Grimes played an absolutely great defense on Devin Booker for sure and you pulled out Jalen Brunson who hasn't been slacking on defense I understand but I understand I get it and you bring in Josh Hart but you keep Julius Randle on the court (laughs) got size how much did that size help when Devin Booker dropped. That's Devin Booker. A three. They was which, double teaming him in the summer workouts. Like you, it, it's only so much you can do. These are top talent in the NBA guys. Like Devin Booker's the best shooting guard in the NBA. You can't be mad because he hit that shot. That was the I'm, only three he made the whole night. I wasn't mad that he made the shot. I was mad at the defensive pressure on the shot. That's and a good. You, that's a good defensive effort. I feel like if you forcing a guy into a fadeaway three and he hasn't shot. A three all game. I feel like you, you need comfortable to, with that shot. I feel like you need to watch that play again. Watch because like ten times. because there was not anybody within two feet of him, and you know he's gonna take the shot. 
and he had a great look at the basket. And the only time he didn't have a great look at the basket was when he was getting ready to release the ball. So how is that good defensive pressure when you have two players defending you? If anything, they should have been all up on him and just went straight up, and then that would have been a harder shot for Devin Booker. He probably still would have hit it to his credit. I'm not mad at the shot. I'm mad at the inability, like especially if you have two players defending you. One of you should be all up on him and let the other person hang back just in case he gets past. I feel like neither one of them did that. That I'm talking about R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, and Julius Randle was the most egregious one because. I'm not sure what he was trying to defend against. It seemed like he was trying to defend against the drive when Devin Booker is one of the most is the, one of the deadliest shooters in the league, and you don't want him to get off any shot. And, and yet, somebody described Julius Randle's defensive effort as playing basketball with Tim's on <laughs> against one of the best shooters in the league. I see you getting ready to pull up, get pull up to play. You go ahead and pull no, up no, no, not play. to play. I know somebody <laughs> was going to be open because of that double team, and with Devin Booker having eleven assists already, I can see why Julius Randle didn't want to get all up on him and then leave somebody else wide open like Eric it's, Gordon or. It's the end of the game. But still, if you're going to let anybody beat you, it cannot be Devin Booker. Devin Booker with. was 0 for 3 from 3 at that point. Anybody else taking a fadeaway 3 on the right side? Or do you have any confidence that that's going in? If it's Devin Booker, you do not want him to. to at least, if you're going to make him shoot the shot, make it a contested shot. I don't care that he missed 3. He is a superstar for a reason. That's like saying Kevin Durant hasn't hit a 3 all season. If I want if I want anybody to shoot the shot, it's Kevin Durant. Do you do you hear yourself, well, sir? What's different about the shot that Devin Booker took and the shot that Jimmy Butler took just the game before? The difference is the defensive pressure on Jimmy Butler was a lot better. No, it wasn't. RJ was guarding Jimmy Butler. He did a step back 3 and he had space. he had a great look at the rim and he bricked. Sometimes the guys is going to make the shot. <sighs> For anybody who is going to be watching this, I'm going to try to put up both of these clips and you guys will determine in the comments whether you think the defensive pressure on both of these shots were equivalent or if one was worse than the other. So that way we can talk about who's actually right next week. If All right. Jimmy Butler takes that fade away. Let's, 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 let's move on. Right, let's, move on. let's talk about the in-season tournament because that is all we got this week is in-season tournament related games. So we have a potential maximum of three games this week, and we have, you know, potential minimum of two. First game, Knicks versus the Milwaukee Bucks. In the quarterfinals, a.k.a. the knockout round, on Tuesday, December 5th at the Serve Forum in Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks play Atlanta tonight, so we won't have, you know, that kind of lead-in game to kind of measure, but Milwaukee Bucks also recently played against the Chicago Bulls, who I believe took them into overtime. And lost. And lost to the same Chicago Bulls who were getting blowed out by the Boston Celtics by 30 or whatever they ended up losing by. Um, boy, Knicks win this, and they get a trip to Vegas get to go to the semifinals and it's basically gonna be a home game in <laughs> vegas msg sphere come on now <laughs> gotta represent um i'm gonna say that the knicks are gonna get a victory 
and they're gonna get that trip to Vegas. You, could, you, Manuel quickly said after they beat the Charlotte Hornets, he thought that they were going to Vegas after that, and it's like, no, you still got one more game, and you either got you either got to go against Milwaukee or you got to. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I think the Knicks are gonna win. I, the, they should have won the first game against the Bucks, and I think if they had won that first game against the Bucks, then I probably would have called this a loss, but. They should have won the first game against the Bucks. There's still something that's not quite right about the Bucks to me. Um, although Dame Lillard is starting to go off, he's their closer. So you don't want this to be a close game at the end. Like, or if it's going to be a close game, you want to be ahead by a decent margin so that um, you can do what you need to do to hold 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 the lead, which the Knicks have been very good at doing at the end of games. Um, but the Bucks just. There's something not right there. And if the Knicks can figure that out, can take advantage of the Milwaukee Bucks team, that seems to still be figuring it out. They still have a great record. Like, they're seen in six. They're still at the top of the East. Um, they are currently third in the East. And yeah, depending on whether they win or lose tonight, they'll either be 13 and seven or 14 and six. And then we'd be in the third seed. Uh, if we beat them on Tuesday, we could potentially shoot up. And I'm, I'm hoping that the Knicks do. So that's 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 what I think. I think that the Knicks are going to take that uh, victory. And it's important think? to note that they lost to Chicago without DeRozan or Zach Levine. Yep. Yep. Very important to note. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Like, this is not like. It's disgusting. <laughs> I, it, I mean, this is still the NBA, right? Every team, you know, I know what I said about the Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets and the Wizards and all that stuff, but these are still NBA players. Um, but if you're one of the top teams, that's not really a game you should be losing. Like in overtime. If you're talking about going to the championship game, yeah, don't don't do that. So, but yeah, I think if the Knicks can figure it out, they'll win. Um, you too? Yeah, I predict the Knicks are gonna beat Milwaukee make their way to Las Vegas to play their first game in the MSG sphere. And we basically going to be hosting because if you look, you see like in, in, in Vegas throughout the year, they have the Knicks broadcasted around the sphere. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't be looking. They got the players' faces all up. Like, it's a home game for us if we make it out there. So we got to we gotta get out there and represent and win, and win the whole tournament. Okay. So if the Knicks do beat the Bucks. What does that mean? It means we are going to face off against either Boston. We're either going to face off against or, or it's either Boston or Indiana based on who, who wins, wins that matchup. Yep. And then the loser of that, I guess they play somebody else and we're going to face off against whoever wins in the West. Right. And so if, and if we if we lose against the Milwaukee Bucks, then that will be we will be one of those teams that uh, play in that consolation game. But that ain't happening. <laughs> Come on now. It's MSG Sphere. We're going to play there. Right. All right. Um, do you have any predictions as to who the Knicks will face in that after second game? In the West, you mean? No. Like, after they beat the Bucks, they're going to face who in the East in the semis? I want to face Indiana. I want to play Obi already. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I want to get that out the way because that would be a nice little matchup. Tyrese versus Brunson. Uh, uh, Obi versus Randall. That's going to be a great matchup. Grimes versus Buddy Hill, mm -hmm. even though he's coming off the bench. 
Um, I, I really want to face Indiana because they look like the number one offense in the NBA right now, right? Or am I bugging? They were, for the majority of the season so far, the top. Like, it wasn't even close. They were the top offense in the league. Yeah, I'm tired of playing um, against Boston. I'm not going to lie. But either way, we're going to win. We only played Boston once this year. Twice. Uh, oh, yeah, we did play them twice. And we played them twice in preseason. Yeah, we did. Okay, you, you've got a fair point. Yeah. Um, I, I want my get back, though. <laughs> I'd rather get it back them, in the playoffs. We played them twice and lost. So um, I would like my get back against the Celtics. We haven't played the Pacers yet this year. That is also a game. I think either way, if the Knicks win or lose, um, it's go- it's going to be an interesting second game in you know on an in season tournament tournament week. Um, you have any predictions as for who's going to come out in the West? Do you need a list of who's going to be in? I think Denver's going to come out the West. No, they're not. Wait, <laughs> who's playing in the tournament? <laughs> That's why I asked you. Who? And because I know the Lakers were like Denver the has, undefeated. Has, Denver, for some Denver has already been eliminated That's from disgusting. the in-season tournament. They they were not. They were not. Um, I know Sacramento made it. Yes. Lakers made it. Yes. Uh... <laughs> this is great podcasting. Um, Who's the last team? So Lakers were four and zero. Pelicans. Pelicans were three and one. The Kings, and who? I think the Timberwolves were the wild card. No, Suns. Excuse me. Yes, because it's going to be Lakers Suns. And Pelicans versus the Kings. So Lakers, Suns, Pelicans, Kings. I that, those are your options. Not Denver. I want to say the Suns. Something tells me the Pelicans, though. I think the Pelicans are going to be a tough out. The, Zion, the Pelicans are going to make it all the way to the finals? I don't see many teams that could face off with Zion and just keep him under wraps because he's been balling. I mean, the Pelicans are currently eighth in the West. Yeah, but what and, about and the, the tournament? I'm going to be fair. The Western Conference is highly contested. Like, everybody from the Timberwolves down to the Warriors, Clippers, like, uh, wait. Warriors are, are currently the 10th seed in the West. Clippers are currently the 11th seed in the West. And, yeah, any one of those teams, you could tell me that, any of these teams are going to finish in the top three in the, in the Western Conference when the season's over, and I would be like, I believe it. You said Minnesota's the wild card? No. Minnesota's out. Uh-uh. It's Lakers, Suns. Um, Lakers, Suns. What did I just say? Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans. and Pelicans. Yeah. Yeah, those are the two teams I'm rolling with. Either the Phoenix Suns or New Orleans Pelicans. I like Sacramento, but I have no faith in LA. It's a brave, brave prediction. Lakers stink. (laughs) (laughs) No faith. All right. Um, I should probably tell you who I think is going to come with the West after I was like, that's a bold pick, right? Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the Pelicans. I have no faith in the Pelicans. Okay. Um, they did. They did beat us earlier this season, but I've, I've been. I've been following them, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe. That was our worst loss of the season. It was, and I don't. 
I'm like, I don't understand why we lost like that. Like, I probably have to go back and watch it. <sighs> um, man, the West don't look great. Like, I, I feel like the East is going to come out of this one. You're talking about the records you said or the just Suns, the teams? The teams. The Sun, you said the Suns are the Pelicans. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna roll with the Lakers. Uh, they, they don't scare me in a general sense, but I think if the Lakers like have all their guys and LeBron is still playing like he's not pushing forty, but like he's pushing thirty. Um, although when he was pushing thirty, he was playing much better than this. Um, uh, it's just something about the Lakers. I think that when it comes to comes to the get down, I think they're gonna. They're going to show up. I don't think they're going to win it all, but I do think that they can come out the West. The Nuggets got knocked out by New Orleans. Yeah, and? <laughs> I'm just saying, that's that's something to note right there. I ain't looking at their record as much. I'm talking about the talent on their team. Like, they got Ingram, Zion. They, uh, CJ's out. Damn. Mm. Yeah, so I guess you're going to go with the Suns then, huh? All right. <clears throat> you said either the Suns or the Pelicans. So you said CJ's out. Uh, that means the Suns. All right, bro. I'm sticking with it. We're going. We're going. We're running a little long. Um, just want to say thank you to anybody who's watching, listening. Make sure that you guys like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. If you're watching um, on YouTube, yes. If you're watching on YouTube, five stars for the iTunes crowd for sure. Um, and share this with Knicks fans that you know. And if you're watching all the way to the end. Just drop a comment and say something. What they should say if they watch it to the end. Jocelyn Focused was right. All right, y'all. Uh, we'd like to bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to the Knicks Take Podcast. All right, y'all. Peace out. Peace. Bang! 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 Bang!